Good morning and welcome to our Thursday show. Hope everybody is having a cracking week. It's House of Property here, Katie and Martin. Hello, Martin. Good morning to you, young man. Good morning, Katie. Did you just call me a young man? Thank you. Good morning, Katie. Oh, you can see better. That's good. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everybody. My goodness me, we're already in the middle of January, and it feels like we've been back forever, doesn't it? It just it couldn't does. be more busy. Christmas and New Year, dim and distant memory. That's so last year. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really, really is. Um, so, so today, let's kick off, Martin. Let's be punchy. Our strap line today is preparation, pipeline, protection, and procrastination. And we aren't going to have any procrastination. We're going to get right in there, and we're going to jump in with what has been talked about on Property Industry Eye on Pi this morning. And it's about agents staying open. Now, we don't want to um, harper on a lot about COVID because it's all around us. We're all actually trying to be as safe as we possibly can. But it's the elephant in the room about whether we should be locked down totally or whether we should still continue. And I think, well, I kind of want to throw it open to you what I'm going to go discuss. Okay, so just so I'm right, Property Industry Ice did a survey yesterday and 62% of people who voted in that survey stated that they felt that the housing market should be closed down. Or actually the question was, should um, estate agency branches be closed, physical viewings and market appraisals banned? Mm. Do we know, though, how people actually took part in that survey? Yes, we do. We do. There was, um, I can tell you exactly how many people took part in that survey. Uh, Sorry, 3,400 people. 3,400 oh, okay. people. Uh, so, so I think that's a good amount. Then, a very small, I'd say that's a small percentage of UK okay. trade agents. Okay. Well, out of that, amount um they when when asked should the property market be, be put into full lockdown with branches closed and a ban on physical viewings and valuations 62 percent 2102 people said yes um the interesting part out of that is that 1700 people were estate agent employees just over a thousand people were estate agency owners and 644 were neither of those people so I think, look, let's get this out on the table straight away. The most important thing that we need to be doing at this moment in time is keeping our colleagues, our communities and our clients safe. Yeah. Safety is a massive important. And we have to recognise that a number of our team and our colleagues are nervous about what's going on at the moment, going out there and meeting people, if they're in a vulnerable category or not, because actually now, is there any vulnerable categories? Because you listen to the news reports and people in their 40s and 50s are also becoming very poorly. So for me, we have to keep each other safe. But if I was voting on that property industry I report, I would, would not be voting to be um, banning a state agency or bringing the front end of a state agency down and stopping viewings and valuations. I think that there has to be um, a view that we're starting to, we have to keep people's lives going forward and start moving forward. And I think it's worth pointing out at this stage, Katie, that these views are certainly our own views, not the views of any businesses or in, in, um, 
businesses or in organisations we're involved with. These are our views. Um, Quick, caveat, 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 caveat. There's going to be some caveats. Um, but what I would agree, and I do see is pretty nonsensical, is the fact that we have estate agency branches on closed high streets with locked door policies and appointments only. What is the point of them being open? I see very little point in estate agency branches being open, but I think that viewings and market appraisals, if the guidance is adhered to, should continue. So don't forget, we have got the virtual world. We've got the virtual world. So we can obviously carry out viewings virtually. I know it's not the same, but the government guidance is to carry out a virtual viewing initially and reduce face-to-face mm -hmm. -face contact. I don't believe that ours is a job, what I do, that I can do it from home. Um, and, and I know that, obviously, having during the first lockdown, finding how difficult it, it was. But you know, if you're going to go out and view, you've got to be safe, as you said. You need to provide all the support. You've got to update your risk assessment really, really regularly. Um, and you've got to have a plan to make sure that you can deal with those staff that are, are worried about going out and, and having that contact. But I don't think that we should be shut down. I mean, Martin, we see more people in a blooming supermarket than we do in a, in a property. And, you know, we are insisting on gloves and masks, um, hand sanitizers, sanitizing surfaces, not doing block viewings, all of that. And so our industry is really, really as safe as we can. Uh, we can be. And I know, um, having read some of the transcripts yesterday with the, with the government coming out, and they're saying that they recognise our industry is safe. And if we continue working in this manner, then I believe we should remain open. I would, however, say that I could do with four weeks just to catch up at home and not do any face-to-face -face valuations and viewings. Just because even though it's the beginning of January, it's so blinking busy still. So whilst there is that appetite and we aren't forced to shut because you've got to balance that social element and your conscience, haven't you, against your business and your staff's well-being and... It's, it's, being a business is just a challenge, isn't it? Particularly at the moment. And um, and I'm sure you'd get many vendors and people who want to move that would turn around and say, you know, just like they did in the first lockdown, I still have to find a home. So there is an essential need for it. Yeah, I'd be well, interested. It's difficult, isn't it? It is I'd be to see what our viewers think and they can perhaps comment in the box. But um, mm -hmm. I think there is um, lessons that we can learn from the first lockdown. And I think that. Um, in the same way that lots of our communities are concerned and our colleagues are concerned, the teams within our branches are concerned, anybody who chooses to transact in the middle of a lockdown, in the middle of a global pandemic, from a consumer's point of view, pretty much knows what they're going into. They're going in there with their eyes wide open. And so it's going to be a bumpy ride. And But people do have to move. People have to move and continue with life. So... Um, I don't think it's as risky as a supermarket. I don't think it's as risky as some other things that are doing. But I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? You know, I was in the, uh, I don't know why I bothered because I've not moved the car since, but I put some diesel in the car. Um, and watching people's, um, the way that their behavior, you know, I saw somebody put a plastic glove on their hand, which was fabulous, but then I saw them scratching their eye with the glove on. And it's sort of, well, you might as well not wear the, uh, the glove, you know? There uh, has to be some, you know, the teams that I know that are going out and doing market appraisals, and I know that your teams are like this as well, they are gloved up, they are masked up, they have the hand sanitizer, they have the Dettol spray, they have the 50 uh, viewing, get in there, wipe down the work surfaces, wipe down the doors, do the viewing, have 15 minutes to redo that clean as well. 
um, so that everybody, open windows, keep the air blowing in, everybody's keeping safe. You have to keep safe. If you don't follow the guidance, then we're not going to be safe. And the problem that we had, if you remember, when we were unlocked last time is the fact that our industry didn't always follow the guidance that was set out. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And but interestingly enough, though, and uh, I've had a number of emails from the likes of, say, Aldi, because they do very good pink fizzy from there, so I like buying that from there, um, and John Lewis as well, I like a bit of John Lewis shopping, um, and, and Tesco's as well, just reiterating, this is all coming overnight, and I'm sure of people who are watching and that have had this as well, and some of our listeners will have had these emails, just reiterating their safe practice and protocols. And actually, one of the things that I read up with a sort of um, sort of pointers was they were saying that single person shopping now, don't come with a child, don't come with, with two people to a partner, single person shopping. So everyone is just upping the ante a little bit, I think, to make sure that we're safe and secure, really. So, and, and obviously while we're talking about retail and side of things, you've mentioned about the high street being shut, obviously yeah. agents still operating behind the locked door policy. But what does this mean? For the high street, I know that John Lewis have cancelled, haven't they? They're, they're click and collect, and they put it out as a public health announcement. So they're taking, you know, a, a really good message and, and just being like the community safe, pay, you know, company. Are there lessons we can learn from them? Yeah, absolutely. I think if we were, to, if you were to make a decision that you were going to close your branches because there's nobody going in them um, for the period of lockdown, I don't mean forever for the period of lockdown. Um, I good yeah good publicity i would uh, i would be putting that out as a public service announcement to say that we are we are still working but we're making sure that we look after the community but that's different than making sure that viewers and vendors are what i don't understand is you you can go to a supermarket and you can go to the checkout and you can spend over 50 pounds so it's not on contactless and you can put your key um code in for your card reader there's no hand sanitizer by that till the operator behind the counter that's got a shield has got a, sh a screen but it ha isn't wearing a mask so for me um there's a lot more risky places if the guidance is followed but the high street going forward what is a state agency in the high street is this not a time so for me when we look forward I believe that we've got two very good years ahead in 2022 and 2023. We will have people getting back to life, people wanting to make life decisions. We'll have a government that won't want to let Brexit fail us as a country. And we've got a prime minister who fundamentally believes that the housing market is the acid test of consumer confidence. So I think we've got two good years ahead. But for me, this year, 2021, is a year of change and therefore a year of innovation. And if you want to try working without some of your branches now is a brilliant time to innovate and have a test and people are more understanding at the moment there is lots and lots of change out there so now is a great time for us as an industry an industry of entrepreneurs to innovate and work out and plan how we want our businesses to look when i what i believe will be good markets in 2022 and 23 have you been planning for where you're going forward well, definitely, definitely. And I've been doing a really exciting thing as well. So um, I, as you know, I'm like a sponge and I like to try all the different things and I like to do lots of training and I like to learn things. And I've got some bits here. So I read
said last year about something called the Small Business Leadership Programme, um, which is basically for, for managers or leaders, and I'm just going to read it out, to enhance their business's resilience and recovery from the impact of COVID-19. The course is designed to help small and medium-sized businesses to develop their potential for future growth and productivity. You will develop strategic leadership skills and the confidence to make informed decisions to boost business performance. So it's a 10-week course. It's delivered completely online. Um, it's a Microsoft Teams thing. I think there's 12 um, other business owners and leaders and managers in my group. Um, I kicked off on Tuesday. Um, it's being delivered by a consortium of business schools um, accredited by the Small Business Charter, the SBC, um, and supported by um, BASE, the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. And it's got lots of long, uh, like, bingo lingo buzzwords, um, which I was thrilled about it. But actually, it's it's giving me the chance. I normally attended one, um, it's two and a half hours, and then there's about another two to five hours of work you actually do. But it's letting me work on my business. And there's, um, I'll put it in the comments below, but I've just printed this off. And this is a, a company, a chauffeur company who's who's been doing it. So it's for every single business, not just for property. But basically, they're just saying time spent working in the business means we don't always dedicate enough time to working on the business. The online delivery of the course and the resources have be have been delivered at a really convenient time and have made sure that we've looked critically at our business models and how we operate. And I think, and again, I'll put the contact details in the bottom because everybody can, can take advantage. It's free. It's worth, I think, about eight and a half thousand pounds of training. Um, and it, it's basically designed for you to unpick your business, um, but to try and be a bit more resilient Moving forward to so just going back to those lessons learned and the changes that we're we're going to be seeing in our business this small business leadership program i think would be ideal for many of our um our listeners and our subscribers um to really jump on board and get something that can really help put a tangible benefit to, to their business so i will be talking more about it and i know because i know martin you were quite fascinated about what i've been doing this week um but it's, it's absolutely fantastic and, I, and there's lots to do um, loads of homework but it, it's all focusing on your business so you bring all those things back and actually i've forgotten how tricky it is to go back to that high level of learning as well online i knew that we'd get you planning eventually because now is the time isn't it you know you've got to be planning for today i was just reading one of the comments on sue in about the um asking questions around covid you've got the same way we've been working and planning on our um on our procedures now we need to plan what is going to be in the happening in the next couple of weeks i believe we'll probably have the market taken away from us so we therefore need to have a plan in place for what's going to happen and then a plan for how we deal with that situation or how we deal with the remainder of lockdown with our businesses and with our teams and then a plan for how we're going to recover out of this as we go into the post easter and going into the summer um and it's a great time to review your business and to be spending more time working on our businesses or working on our careers because you don't just need to be the business owner to be able to benefit from the sort of course that you're that you've that you've attended because you can be yeah. understanding the business simon Sinek would always say that be the leader that you want to be want to be led by so therefore go and be educated and understand exactly what's going on and there's some great training courses out there to do that so well done you that's good it's investing in you i think that's a great thing yeah so just going <laughs> back again to the lessons learned side of things yeah. some of the things that we've forgotten about is looking at obviously looking after our pipeline which is massively important 
Um, so I think that's really, really good. One of the things that I found, because obviously we're all now juggling homeschooling, so I want everyone to give yourself a really big pat on the back for juggling yeah. homeschooling. I've got, uh, I've had my middle son up here, I've got my daughter here today in the office, um, she's in the meeting room. Hopefully she's not going to go to sleep on the meeting room desk like my son did yesterday. Um, <laughs> and um, everything's a constant juggle. So back to this sort of uh, preparation. So if we do go into a lockdown, we need to make sure, because it's it's probably going to happen, we need to make sure that we've got that plan, we've got that comms plan, that we can get out to our social media, that we've got, you know, I mean, this won't last forever, will it? We, we've come out of this before, and we, I know we're going to come back into it. So have a plan, roll it out. You love planning, Martin, don't you? Well, I do, 100%. I think you need to. Uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail and all that. But um, two main key areas, the agents I've been working with, two main key areas that we've been working on during for the immediate future. What we've referred to as the family silver, your pipeline. Pipeline, lots of agents have had some good exchange months. So cash flow is actually quite good at this moment in time. And we need to preserve that. So there's always the questions around furlough. But we need to look at the what's happening with your pipeline to ensure that we've got the income going forward through the remainder of Q1 and Q2 of this year. So how do you preserve your pipeline? How do you make sure you've got enough resource in whatever happens to preserve that pipeline? How do you keep communications high? Because people are concerned. The second thing is that old estate agency adage that stock is king. So how do we turn around and we preserve the stock? So going through, it's communication. I think lots of us cut very deep last time and therefore communication started to suffer. We need to retain our vendors for the, because there isn't a lot of houses coming to the market at the moment. Those that are coming to the market are very highly motivated, but we need to retain the stock that we've got. It's far easier to retain a client than get a new one. So retain those clients that are there so that we've got some sales coming through in Q1 and certainly Q2 that will exchange in Q3. And then protect your family silver. And they're the two key areas to be working on. At least you didn't say protect your family jewels, because that's a whole different thing. Isn't that's it? a whole different thing altogether, but let's protect your family silver. <laughs> so I found just with that message, the messaging side of things, um, that when I put something out on Facebook um, and it's a, an image, a still image, it, that's great. But the minute you animate it or put a video out, that it absolutely goes through the roof. Um, so I just urge everyone to get their messages that they're, they're planning ahead so it's all ready to go out but get a video done try and get out there show people you're real and it's back to the community thing and um, Martin you and I were both talking about what some agents have been doing and how impressed we are with um, just going back to the community side of things so whether it's lockdown lives whether I think is it Parsons estate agents is it Kevin Parson he um, ha has talked about or, or put out on the social media that he will print anything out for those people that are homeschooling their children in the area um, and to, he'll safely deliver that with, a, with a, you know, code plastic bags, whatever it is, to keep the, the printing um, safe. Um, and he'll do that. And I know that others are kind of um, raising money. There's a GoFundMe page for, for laptops for, for children. Donating laptops for children's yeah. homeschooling is massive. That's really important. Yeah. Laptops and tablets, we've all got those knocking about. Um, mm -hmm. And there's so many charities out there that help get them to um, um, the children that need them most at this moment mm. in time, which um, I think is a really, really good charity. But we are community people, aren't we? 
We are community agents. And why do we persist in the high street? Because we persist in the high street, which I'm a believer in, because we want to be part of that community. We want to be part of it. We want to understand what's happening, why people want to live there. We want to build relationships that last a lifetime and be able to act for, you know, I worked very closely with an agent in North Norfolk who doesn't just act for, um, now he isn't acting for the children of his original client. He's now dealing with the grandchildren of his original client. Um, morning, Clive. Uh, but it's they <laughs> very much, very much a whole generation thing of working with a family forever. And community is massive in our industry. And we were good within the first lockdown. But I think we're even better in this lockdown. And you did some fantastic um, lives with your local, other local businesses, just interviewing each other, having a chat, wanting to know what was going on, understanding why you both enjoy serving that community and what and how you were both tackling um, the, the first lockdown. And I, I think it was a really, really good, positive thing for your community. And it's brought you all together. Mm. Definitely, definitely. And I think that that's its support. And it's back to the cohesion as well, isn't it? And agents supporting each other, which was very much what we found during the first lockdown. So one of the things that I think will be really interesting moving forward will be, obviously, last year, the, um, the, the GCSEs and the A-levels were cancelled. Um, yep. And this year, I, I think the announcement has put, been put out that it's unlikely that the exams will go ahead or I'm, I, they might have been cancelled now. Um, so really, where does that leave our 16 to 18 year olds? Um, I, I've got a 17 year old who missed his GCSEs last year and we were chatting about this and about his learning. Um, and he was just sort of saying, you know, lots of his friends are now saying, well, actually, maybe once I've done my A-levels, if I do my A-levels, I won't go to university because I'm going to miss out on this, all this fun that you have, you know, and that, and lots of um, university friends have said that their kids are dropping out, you know, friends with kids at university are dropping out of university because there's no point in them being in the halls and just sitting and being, you know, having a full 200 square foot room and working from there. They can do that from home or they can wait and defer their place. So, this is quite a big thing about education and yeah. and skills and, and the future. And I think that this will have a knock on of, of, of younger people, apprentices, etc., coming into our industry. I have two different thoughts on this. First of all, it does concern me that I mean that it's the life skills of going to university. That first year of the social element that you grow as a person um, is massively <laughs> important. And you learn how the, to drink. You learn how to drink. You learn how to to take a yard, a, a pint, yeah. a lager through a yard. Sorry, you oh, might have done. You might have done. <laughs> anyway, yes. And um, so you've got that social element, and we employ people who are sociable. We are people, people. Mm. So therefore, we want to go out there and get the best people out there. But then, equally, when we fast forward a few years and we're starting to interview these guys that have perhaps been um, that have been not got the exam results behind them in the conventional manner that we've been very used yeah. to. How will we judge that as employers? Will we be thinking to ourselves, well, we're not going to touch these guys or they're not, will it work against them on their CVs? I think for our industry, they've got a great opportunity within our industry. Hopefully by that time, there will be um, the regulation of a state agency in place. So therefore they will be able to obtain a qualification within our industry to give them a foundation of knowledge, which I think is mm. great. Um, and you know that's very close to my heart. But we do employ on personality types. I don't mind if someone's not an estate agent. If they're a great communicator, a brilliant people person and a salesperson, I can teach them estate agency. 
It's mm. all, but I can't teach them how to communicate. I can't teach them it, the 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 core feelings that are just part of your personality that make you a great estate agent. Why do people buy into people? If you've got that likability, that empathy, that understanding, the ability to listen, the ability to problem solve, a lot of that is inherent within us. And if you can identify that within a person, I don't think it minds. It matters what education they've got behind them. I didn't get to university. Um, I, I did. It was excellent. I know. Um, <laughs> the skill, the skill That's why I'm greater than you. <laughs> No, no. I mean, it's very prevalent in your household because it's literally happening as we speak. But um, the, um, you just hope that these guys get the support that they need and the support that they deserve um, to make sure that they have the best start in life. Um, and again, I really alliterate that our industry is brilliant for people to come into and grow as a person. It doesn't matter what, what background you've come from. Um, no two days are the same. And you get a good mentor behind you, and you'll absolutely love it. I feel like I'm selling apprentices, but it's brilliant. It's a brilliant industry. <laughs> I, I know and, we couldn't yeah. go past the show, though, Martin, without talking about apprenticeships or Roper. <laughs> no, precisely. No, no chance. Um, but just on that, interesting what you said about communication, because one of the things that um, I think is massively important for employers when they're bringing young guys in is making sure that there's some training on how to communicate by the telephone, because people aren't used to that. Young guys coming in, as you say, a lot of messaging, a lot of um, brilliant on WhatsApp, Snapchat and all of that. And now we'll be great on video conferencing calls. But teaching them how to communicate on the telephone is a new skill which will be vital for when we're going forward, which is good. Right, so let's switch on to a lighter topic. Let's switch on to a lighter topic. So dry January. Yes or no? Not a chance. Not a chance i've never done dry january i take my hat off to people like my brother who do it year in year out even he's given up this year because he's just too blooming miserable why would you do dry january you can say next let's not have chocolate either ban cake for february well it's ridiculous what a silly idea i mean hats off to those of you that are doing it and i you know huge support and well done but i haven't got the self-discipline to have a dry january and have you do you ever get through a week What about Red January? Tell me about Red oh, yes. January. I see you keep yeah. putting hashtag Red January on things. Tell me about it. So Red January is run every day in January. That's what it started out as. 
but you don't have to run every day. It's exercise every day. So get out, have a walk. And it's for Mind, the charity Mind. And I think that oh, that's really, really, you know, at the forefront of everyone's mind mm, yeah. at the moment. It's just that the mental health and getting out. And I've, I fell out of love with my running a little bit during the first lockdown because I just couldn't juggle work and homeschooling and trying to do my run as well. And I've got back into it and I'm trying to do a minimum of 3K a day. And I know that doesn't sound very much, but trust me, when you've sat at home and work and work and work and you haven't done a huge amount of, of exercise to get out there and run every day. And we're on day 14, so I'm almost halfway and I have smashed it so far and I'm really, really pleased. I'm not raising any money for mind. Um, I'm not going out to my friends and going, sponsor me, sponsor me, go to my Just Giving page. But I am making a donation at the end of the month to them. Um, in their support and I think it's a really cool thing you can get on it doesn't have to be January you can start it in February lots of people who are redders do go on and continue to run or exercise every day and there are loads of other challenges out there there's a cancer research one there's isn't there a Land's End to John and Grapes one which you can walk there's yeah. the Southwest Coastal Path there's 10,000 steps a day for, for another cancer charity I think in um, in March there's loads of things and I, I love a challenge I really really enjoy it so that's Red January well done you. Redders, is that what they call a group of, redders, that's like a collective yeah. group of red, red, run every day people are, it's a redder. I like that. Redder. Well done, Redders. Well, right, so, um, bubbles or bath bombs? Oh, goodness, I don't like it. What's wrong with the shower? Um, if I had to choose, it would be, um, it would be bubbles, I think. Bubbles, bubbles. Bit of luxury, isn't it? Bath and bubbles. A little bit of a treat, a little bit of a treat. So, well, other things that have happened to me this week and uh, have happened to many of our subscribers and people who are watching right now and who will watch on catch up later is a small issue with our CRM systems crashing and going down. Yes, one CRM system in particular went down this week. I don't think we need to necessarily name them, but there's lots of you and I both use them. And um, it proved difficult, didn't it? It just showed our reliance on how much we rely on a third-party cloud-based product when they had to change their servers in the middle of the afternoon. Um, and I hope you had your diary printed off. Uh, actually, funnily enough, we didn't. But obviously with my small business leadership course, it has raised the fact that I need a risk register. And yeah. I need to make sure that on that risk register, things that are outside of your control, like your CRM system going down, need to be addressed. So I think it's a really important thing and a lesson learned for everyone that you should have your keys. I know we're trying to be in a paperless system, but we can't quite do that. But I have emailed that CRM provider and I have said, what do you do? What is your backup? What is your policy if this were to happen again? And particularly say we're in lockdown and you're kind of almost isolated working from home. What do you do then? So it's mm -hmm. it's a really interesting thing. And I, and I think that it's just I'm putting it out there for everyone. It'd be interesting to see what others have done and, and raised with that provider as to what they're going to do. Moving and forward. also just how they're going to protect themselves going forward, because, you know, this time it happened to be a CRM system go down. But we all know a very big firm within our industry that had a very scary fire. Um, so risk recovery plans is really important. Really, really important. So I'd like to finish on today, understanding your buy of the week. You always go out there and spend some pennies. What is your, it, people say it's their favourite part of our show. What is your buy of the week, Katie? Well, I try my best. I try my best. So this week, it's all about staying safe, okay? So I have supplied all my staff with this crossbody bag. It's unisex, Martin. I think that you'd probably wear this. It will um, suit me. 
And in here, I have packed for my team spray hand sanitizer, loads and loads and loads of things of gloves, and lots and lots and lots of face masks. So we are fully, fully prepared. This can also obviously hold your keys. It can have, there's a spot there for your mobile phone. It just means that you've got everything. I know we're getting better walking out of the door with our face masks, but we are still having people turning up to viewings that haven't got gloves. And we're just making sure that, that all the team have got these, rolled it out. I'm happy to, to put all the links on of where we got it, but it's just, it's showing your team that you're supportive and you're caring and it's showing your vendors as well that you're really taking it seriously you're not just getting an old pair of gloves that you put on in the other property it's you know so that's my buy of the week I, I absolutely i absolutely love it my other little buy of the week actually was also a cream egg because they're doing a golden cream egg and i'm really oh. desperate to find it um it's here as a little treat it's been sat on my desk since monday and when i do another deal this week i'm gonna have it so that was my other buy of the week Thank goodness. For a second, then I thought you were going to start asking, how do you eat yours? I won't ask that. I think that's a perfect place to end our show. <laughs> no, we, weren't, we weren't talking about key dates, about things that you've got to do. I really just want to quickly talk about, really, I'm just key dates. So 31st of January, don't forget, self-assessment. You've got to start thinking about your VAT as well. Um, and I will just put a little um, download for you guys um, to, to have those just key takeaways. Just don't forget what we're Superb. Well done. Been a busy show, hasn't it? Don't forget to like us, subscribe to us on um, Spotify so you can now hear us when you're in the car or on your run every day run. Um, and make sure you like and follow our page so that we can share it with our friends. And feel free to comment and let us know what you think and anything that you'd like us to talk about um, during our show so we can cover as many topics that you want to hear about. Have a great rest of the week, Katie. Take care. Bye-bye.